Hello, this is Tim Sandlin of the 102nd Intelligence Wing Public Affairs Office. Today I'm joined by two members of the Wing Resiliency Team. We have Ms. Erin Fay, Manager of the Airmen and Family Readiness Programs, and Ms. Jill Garvin, Wing Director of Psychological Health. And we will be talking a little bit about a survey that the Resiliency Team has been working on that's just about to be released to Wing Airmen. Greetings to you both. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having us. Sure. So um, I'll start off with um, a little bit about the resiliency team. Um, what is the resiliency team? The resiliency team is really an organic team that came together. Um, we have formalized teams, the community action board, the community action team, and their function was just a little bit restrictive for what we were doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So all the helping agencies came together and said, how can we do this more efficiently and more effectively for the concepts and the programs that we wanted to put forward for the wing? And we also try to have representation from kind of across the, the wing so we can get feedback from folks, see what's working, what's not working. And we've also invited some people to be on the team that, that want to be and that can also um, contribute. Great, great. So it's uh, just a, um, a mix of different uh, entities like chaplain and first sergeant and... Yellow Co ribbon. Yellow ribbon. Correct. And we have representatives that we've invited from each of the councils. So we want to have a cross-section of airmen representation in what their leaders are doing. We want to have their voices. We also have uh, standouts, the people that are leaning forward in their own organizations uh, for instance, we have Julie Towns at the troop camp because she has a unique perspective of what the people who stay at troop camp need and what they're looking for. Uh, Mandy Givens has joined us from the Master Resiliency Team programs and what she's putting forward and how she can dovetail into some of our programs and use the resources she's have or vice versa, how we can augment some of the things they're looking to put forward. Cool. So what are some of the goals of the team, like the, the team's mission? Um, why, why does it exist? One of the, we have three goals. The first goal is to say, all right, what are we doing uh, educationally, both formally and informally at unit levels, and track that and make sure that we're making sure we're seeing the airmen and the units on a basis that, one, provides them education, but then, two, just so we can build relationships and build connectedness to them and that that is an intention that we're doing. The second goal is highlighting what each of the councils, programs, offices are doing and how we can collaborate, much like public affairs. So we had public affairs come in and we've been able to have things like podcasts and be able to capitalize on their expertise and all the offices are, are doing that together, councils and representatives. And the third goal we had was really taking care of each other. So at one point of each of the meetings, we have either a resource or a tool, something that we look at and we say, it's your time to take time off and focus on yourself and how are we helping each other to maintain our own resilience. That's great. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, to build strong airmen, to increase readiness and to enhance the lives of our airmen here, you know, to make sure. sure that they know what's available to them, that it's okay to ask. Um, and a lot of people don't know what we do. We had Colonel Nunley came to our meeting the other day just to see the different things that, that we are doing. So we encourage anyone to come in and, and sit with us and see all the various things that, that we're doing throughout the year, throughout the wing. 
That's great. That's great. So you've got a, a survey coming. We do. Uh, this year, the... People love surveys. I know. <laughs> the You're com- welcome. <laughs> the, community, uh, the community action plan for 2020 is um, a little bit different than community action plans that we've seen in the past. Um, before, we had really robust plans that had different pieces of them and subcomponents and... Um, we looked at all the things we could do and try to throw everything at it. And for 2020, instead, the model was to pair up with the RAND Corporation, which was an, uh, an initiative that the US Air Force bought. And the wing was able to be part of the initial focus groups for the Air National Guard for using the RAND's Getting to Outcomes Toolkit. And the Getting to Outcomes Toolkit is a 20-year process, uh, 20 years in the making to use this toolkit, and it's really how to make quantitative social science. So we're looking at why things happen, let's make some metrics that we can actually obtain, and then we're going to use tools not saying, you know, what does Erin think a good survey would be, or what does Erin think a good tool would be, and when we make it up locally, or, you know, what's, what's Jill's good idea? But we're gonna, we went out on to um, other agencies and said, what's proven? So this 2020 cap, what we sh- will be doing is looking at some of the most concerning trends we had in how to help airmen give them the tools to help in some concrete ways. And so one of the ways that we identified some of the needs and some of the trends was, for example, I looked at my caseload and the folks that come in to see me and probably the the biggest trend that that I've seen has been relationship issues. Uh, People in all sorts of relationships, but, but mostly, you know, committed relationships with each other. Um, or they're going through a divorce, or they're they're having a lot of issues, and so we talked about how can how can we help our airmen here build healthier relationships, increase their emotional IQ around relationships, and and just make their relationships stronger before it reaches a crisis. Sure. So that's um, what we identified to to put into the cap. Okay, so um, these questions come from RAND. They come from their established uh, surveys they've done in the past, and it's kind of like they've refined the question set. The RAND provided us a toolkit, and then what we did is uh, the team went out and found our tools that aligned with what our goals were. So once we established that the need was identifying we wanted to help increase satisfaction in relationships. Then we went to go look at, okay, what kind of surveys based on relationship assessments are there? And then we saw different length surveys and we contemplated, wow, that's a 30 question survey. No one's going to want to do that. Next. So then we found other ones and what we did is we wanted to have something short, and that was a, a big deal for us because we didn't want to take too much of folks' time. Right. So, and then Jill had already been using the one that we chose, the Relationship Assessment Survey, and we found documentation on 
the strengths of the survey and how it had already been used. So we knew that it was a valid survey. It we have to use to maintain the uh, to maintain the integrity of the survey. We need to put it out exactly as it was intended. So initially, as the team was looking at the survey, there are some hokey questions. They're worded oddly. The word choice is not what I would put. Um, the question structure or even the scale of A through E and the words they use underneath them. However, to maintain, the, again, to maintain the integrity of the survey, we really can't change them. The good thing about it is I think that the hokiness of it in, the, in that like, non-fluidity, it also doesn't have targeted language sure. that have weighted emotion to it. And I think that's the strength of the survey. Would you say that um, if someone is taking the survey and they're looking at the questions, maybe not to read so much into them, just to go with their first instinct and answer the question? Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah a good idea. Yeah, yeah because again, and then there's also going to be uh, a, a section on there if, if somebody wanted to add anything, add any suggestions or questions, they can do that as well. And I know people have asked, like what kind of relationships are we doing surveys on? I mean, it is for uh, couples, whatever that may look like, marriage or just a, com a committed re relationship. Um, so that that is kind of what we're surveying, but also the tools that we're going to be offering and uh, some of the things that resources that we're going to be utilizing will help all relationships, relationships at work, relationship with your family. Um, so this will help in, in a more universal way. Sure. One of the other pieces we wanted for the survey, which was important to us, was the anonymity of the survey. Mm -hmm. And we understand that not everyone might want the Air Force knowing about how they feel about their relationship in their committed uh, relationship. So... We chose to go on a survey monkey to use that platform and to only put your name as an optional that if you'd like to know your survey result, we can help you get that, but it's not going to exclude you from taking it, from seeing generally how you feel about that, engaging it yourself, and there's no one that's going to be tracking it specifically. Sure. Um yeah, so that was uh, one question that I was going to ask. Uh, how can people um, see the results of the survey? Are those going to be transparent? Are they going to be uh, relayed to the wing, to wing members? We're going to survey the wing three times. And that's part of that getting to outcomes model that we have to survey in the beginning to see where we stand. We're going to survey in the middle to see how well we're doing. And then if we don't see progress, we can say, okay, what are we, what's, do we consider effective? What's ineffective? How can we modify our current plan and then put in any modifications we might need and then survey at the end? Sure. So we will be putting out what we think. That'll be part of the conversation. I'd love to come back and say, hey, here's where we're at and, and here's some of the things that we're looking at. Here's what um, maybe were the scores high or the scores low or here's where the median was and so people that took it can hear where they where they land and how that looks on our end 
But it will not be, the survey itself is not for uh, really individual analysis on a, on a group level. Okay. So how, um, what do you hope to gain from the results of the survey specifically? I think just a, a better understanding of, of where people are in their relationships. I mean, if we can get some metrics, we can also look at if what we're doing is, is working, if it's helping, because we'll be able to look later on to see if relationships have improved or not. What else am I not thinking of in terms of? It help you refine the tools that you provide, mm -hmm. airmen, yeah. families in the wing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was going to mention one of the things that, that we're going to utilize is the, the Gottman Institute, and, and we'll have more conversations about that. Um, but it, it's a research-based modality that is from Dr. John Gottman, who's been studying marriages for 50-something years. And uh, he, he can predict with around 98 percent accuracy um, by how uh, couples uh, start a relation, start a conversation, or how they have arguments. And he can tell when there is going to be a breakup or a divorce with the 98% accuracy. So he's developed some wonderful tools about, uh, around, um, you know, enhancing couples' um uh, relationships that we'll be offering and sending out and sharing with people. The two, the two tools we're going to be using with Gottman, one is a, or one is the, oh, the love deck. So one of the tools we'll be using with the Gottman package is called a love deck. And it's an app on your phone, free to download. Uh, all the tools we will be using uh, and educating our airmen and families on are free for the user. That was an, a, a big piece for us. And that it was also accessible at home that you could have as many platforms as possible to get the tools. I don't know where you're going to put that one, but you can stick that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And we've all used these. We've all practiced them and, and looked at them and um, practiced them with our partners. And they really do help connection and understanding your partner better and uh it's it's and it's fun it's fun too yeah so you probably you'd recommend that like a lot of these tools you do with your significant other yeah. you sit down yes and, yes that's what it's designed yeah. for yeah. the uh the gottman love deck what you do is it's really a conversation starter mm -hmm. so the app has different topics and then it prompts questions so if you're you know, tired of watching whatever you're watching on Netflix or you're, you're sitting down next to them and you're like, hey, I'm just hanging out. It's, a, it's an easy prompt question. Um, you could choose to do one a week. If you're looking for just, you know, 15 minutes to connect, you can use that as some prompting. And there's lots of, di I think there's 14 different card decks you can choose from questions for, and some of them are going to resonate with you and are going to be comfortable, and other ones are not. It depends where you are in your relationship and really what questions you're going to want. But uh, one of the questions is, you know, what's your partner's greatest unfulfilled dream? And so it's not questions about your relationship or how to fix it. It's just 
creating opportunities to build a better bond and cre- increase your understanding of one another. Yeah, what the... Uh one of his famous books that he wrote was The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And so he's got seven principles, and one of them is um, enhancing your love maps. And that is, for example, yeah, what what are your partner's dreams and aspirations? What, what do they value? Who is their favorite relative? I mean, things that you wouldn't necessarily think about asking, but it really prompts those kind of questions to enhance your love map with that person. The other tool we'll be using will be the five love languages, which uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with. One of the tools is actually taking the quiz, you know, finding your love language. And you can either do, that has an app that goes along with it as well, and it's called the Love Nudge. And what it does is, you can find your partner, you, you take the quiz, your partner takes the quiz, and then it prompts you to do things on a basis that matches your partner's primary love languages. So if words of affirmation are important to your partner, it might say, don't forget to tell your partner that uh, you appreciate them today. Or if time together is important, it might say, have you scheduled in five minutes to spend with your partner in the next three days? So it gives you the opportunity and the ideas to talk to your partner on the best way that they receive the love that they need versus how you see them. I mean, when I took the quiz, you know, gift giving is not important to me. So if my partner were to only give me gifts, I would not feel love deeply. I would not feel connected to that person because that doesn't resonate as love to me. Um, I would need a different kind of love. I would need, um, t- you know, I am time together. So when we have time together, that means far more for me than a gift. And understanding how your partner um, values what you're doing helps you build a stronger connection to that person and makes the outward emotion that you're putting effort into more fulfilling and more love generating. You sound like great tools. Um, so... The survey, going back to the survey real quick, when can people start taking the survey? And how are they going to get, um, how are they going to know where to go for the, is it going to come out on an email or? The current, currently the survey is live on survey, on survey, survey currently the survey is live on survey monkey. Mm-hmm. Colonel Riley will be sending out an official message that the community action plan, what it is, what it's about. And um, we will be sending out the link through email. It will be on any of the Facebook pages throughout the organization. We're going to ask those collaborative members of the resiliency team to push it out through their channels. And once we get the baseline required input, which is 10%, so we're looking at a little less than 100 surveys to come back, we'll close it and be able to start an analysis. Oh, great. Great. Um, anything else you want to say about the survey and the tools uh, that you've got out there that you were talking about? Anything? Yes. Um, let's see. The other tool of the five love languages is their email campaign. And uh, I have signed up for their email campaign as well as the Gottman's. And it, it's really interesting, I think, because it, some of them aren't interesting. To me, they don't resonate. 
but some of them do. And one of them that in, uh, resonated with me was how uh, love was like a dance. And I am not a dancer. Um, in the kind of way, if you can imagine Elaine Bennett from Seinfeld kind of dancer, I don't dance with other people well. Uh, I like to flail my arms. And uh, when I was reading it, it was that dancing, formal dancing and dancing with someone else is something that is not inherent. It is learned and that it takes trust and you have to have the other person uh, responding in a certain way to make it right. And it's not always putting forth your agenda. Um, And that was, oh, maybe I'm not good dancing with somebody else because I like to be in control. Oh, so how do I real how does that look to my relationships? And then I thought about past relationships and my ability to trust and let someone else lead and when we go back and forth and how that looked and why my marriage works now is I do have that trust and we do go back and forth and it's far more of a fluid dance than me flailing my arms um, in by myself. Um, spinning around than it would have been with other people. Sure. And so I, it was interesting to me that something that normally wouldn't, I wouldn't have connected was actually a whole series of emails. And then I went back and really dug in a little bit more and it really resonated with me. Other ones didn't resonate with me and therefore I didn't read them. But it gave me the opportunity to, to think about things and then say, you know, um, how does that look? One of the emails was about conflict and how conflict needs fire and anything forged at the joint is strong. So conflict isn't inherently bad. It is the pieces where you can discuss the parameters around what causes that conflict and perhaps some greater understanding why that person holds that position versus just ignoring that conflict and not wanting to get close to it at all. So on the survey, um, how do you measure success? The survey is not a success or fail. It is just an assessment of how you feel. And much like when you talk to a partner or anyone else, your feelings are never wrong. But it is a snapshot of where you are at that moment. And it's not an absolute. It's not going to stay there. So you can take the assessment a different day and it can be different. The goal of the CAP completely, however, is to see if we can't help airmen improve their relationships by 10%. So we're seeing if from the initial survey we put out in uh, August of 2020, and then when we uh, re-survey in 21, if we've been able to make a 10% increase. And really, relationships in this... The health of your relationship, your your romantic relationship, overflows into so many pieces of your life. If you're having conflict at home, it's hard to concentrate. It's hard to be happy. It's ho- Sometimes it'll take a lot of your time away from work or how successful you feel, how you feel about yourself and your own self-image, how you speak to other people, and how empowered you feel. And we really want to make people more empowered. That's, that's our ultimate goal. And by creating more understanding about themselves and the thing that is really the most important to them is usually their committed relationship. If we can make that better, we can make happier people. Sure, and these things are cumulative too. They don't happen 
on their own. Like if you're having some challenges in your relationship and then maybe having a little spat with your boss and traffic is bugging you, all this stuff tends to add up. So if you're able to at least reduce the relationship issues, mm-hmm. you know, it can Absolutely. improve your life overall. Right. And it, a lot of us were not born and raised by families that have healthy relationships. This certainly wasn't something in the past that was spoken about. And we mirror a lot of the things that we've seen. So what we're doing is we're mirroring unhealthy behaviors and we're mirroring unhealthy patterns. So teaching people to how to have better, healthier, more communicative, effective conversations and relationships, um, kind of like, let's say, driving a car. You can watch your parents drive a car really poorly, but the state requires that you go to driver's ed. Right. You know? Um, so this is sort of in that same way. Like, let's look at what some of the... Uh, healthy rules of engagement are, you know, much like Jill said, making absolute statements, you always, you don't always, um, you might feel something attached to that. And that would be a better way to start that conversation. Yeah. And I was going to say that, you know, a lot of folks that come in to see me, uh, and myself included, like we didn't necessarily have um, you know, uh, strong relationships and good skills modeled for us growing up. And so a lot of folks that come in and are having relationship difficulty, you know, we talk a lot about, well, you know, what was the environment like when you were growing up? And, you know, what did your parent or parents um, kind of model for you? And so, Often people just don't have those skills, especially if, and more often than not, a lot of people come from some kind of um, a household where where there's alcohol. And so they don't really have the proper skills, boundaries. Um, it just, again, wasn't modeled for them. So it's really just learning new skills. Right. So what's coming next from the resiliency team? What's next on the docket? after the survey? Suicide prevention in September. So we're working on some uh, things that we want to do, like we did, you know, the bridge last year. So we're talking with, you know, PA and Kim that did the bridge last year. She's going to help out, um, try to do some brainstorming, not just about suicide prevention or training, but Again, reducing stigma, people asking for help, making sure that we're offering folks resources and how to access them. One of the words that continually comes up on in resilience meetings and when we talk is really building connectedness. Yeah. Is really building that opportunity and trust to share within the wing that we understand each other. Um, that time where you just look at the person that you have in your office and say, oh, they're standing that way, or that look on their face, that tone on their voice, I can tell that's not normal. And then have a sort of relationship level where there's that trust or space to be able to ask, um, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Feeling brave enough to do that. Correct. That's not easy at times. Depends on the relationships that you've established. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not necessarily an easy, it's, it's about as easy as opening up about your own problems. Right. And it's not always problems. Yep, right. You know, um, if you can open up with the good, sometimes that's easy. 
building building mutual trust and respect uh, begins in small steps. You don't necessarily give someone that trust right away, but how to create opportunities and circumstances to connect with others, to build that safe space where if you're looking for somebody, that you, they're around. Yeah, and in Gottman's language, he talks about learning how to turn towards the relationship, not away from the relationship towards your partner. I also think that a lot of these tools that we're talking about, although we're framing it in a romantic relationship context, also flow to the relationships you have with your children, the relationships you have uh, at work and with your friendships, that learning how to ask provocative questions or, or questions where you learn more about that individual or listening to what they're saying versus contemplating what your response may be. So... Is there anything else you'd like to add? Do you want to plug your uh, work centers or do you want to, uh, how do we get in touch with you? What's, uh, what's the best ways to do that? Uh, I am in the DPH. I'm in the global, uh, Jill Garvin. And you can also reach me on my work cell phone, which is 508-237-6652. And uh, you can text me, call me, send me an email. Airmen and Family Readiness, very exciting this year. We do have four individuals down in the suite, so we have plenty of support in lots of different ways for resources and education. And the best way to go ahead and get a hold of me is Erin Fay on Global. And my phone is 508-968-4855. And when I'm not in the office, that does bounce directly to a cell phone for me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so thank you, Aaron and Jill. Thanks for coming on to talk about the resiliency team and the survey. Um, as a reminder, the survey will be available. Um, the link will be on the email coming from uh, Colonel Riley here uh, very soon. So keep an eye out for it. And uh, it also, we're going to put the link up on our social media as well. Um, if you're listening to this episode uh, in the future, and the, the, the survey may not be available anymore, but I'm sure there'll be something out there from the resiliency team. So take a look for that. And uh, thanks again for listening, and have an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.